0: Welcome to the CFI Podcast, hosted by Canadian Forest Industries Magazine, Canada's leading national logging and solid wood products magazine since 1881. You've tuned in to hear compelling conversations on hot topics and trends in the logging and wood products industries with experts from across Canada.
1: Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the CFI Podcast. I'm your host, Ellen Cools editor of Canadian Forest Industries magazine. Thanks for tuning in. Today, we're speaking with Kate Lindsay, Vice President of Sustainability and Environmental Partnership at the Forest Products Association of Canada, about the work that has been done to challenge public misconceptions about the forest products industry, FPAC's work to advance the industry's position on environmental issues, the importance of National Forest Week, and more. Kate, thanks for joining us.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: So what does your role as the Vice President of Sustainability and Environmental Partnership at FPAC
0: entail? Uh, it's a pretty broad uh, file at FPAC. Uh, I've, I've held a number of positions with within FPAC over the last 10 years, uh, or over 10 years. Uh, I started as an intern, actually, in my mid-20s on a, on a host of environmental regulatory files, and then returned to FPAC eight years ago, uh, leading some of the conservation biology files, but then three years ago took on a broader portfolio under the title of sustainability and environmental partnerships. So I've continued to work on informing federal policy and policy implementation as it pertains to forest management. And so these are legislative files such as the Species at Risk Act, Fisheries Act, but then a whole host of voluntary stewardship files uh, such as forest certification, biodiversity conservation, climate action, wetland stewardship, and then general outreach and engagement with government and partners, such as conservation organization, indigenous partners, forest product customers, and the research community, and, and also the, the public. So it's quite a, quite a broad range of files. The role involves uh, regular interaction with FPAC member companies, governments, and external partners, and ensuring that our members are well-versed in all the applicable policy, regulatory compliance, and at the same time that government and government decision-makers are aware of the regulatory frameworks that are in place, as well as the collective opportunities uh, to advance environmental stewardship, climate action, innovation, and the role of of well-managed forests and forest products in Canada.
1: Wow, sounds like you uh, have a lot of different things you're keeping your eye on. Um, out of curiosity, what's the most exciting thing that you're working on right now?
0: Uh, well, I'm pretty passionate about about sustainable forest management in general, but a, a couple of files that come to mind uh, as the most exciting right now. Uh, one is is an initiative that FPAC launched three years ago. It uh, It's our annual awards of excellence program. So it, it's really exciting because it's an opportunity to recognize people within the sector, uh, partners, uh, community champions, et cetera, uh, that make the sector what it is. We've, we've done it uh, traditionally or the last two years through an award ceremony, but we're obviously adapting this year for COVID. Um, but we're really excited to announce the award recipients next week, uh, during National Forest Week. And the types of awards are lifetime achievement, rising stars in the sector, uh, champions of innovation, women in forestry, indigenous youth, youth, uh, indigenous business champions, community champions and partners. Um, and it's really, it's really inspiring just to see the field of, of really impressive nominees that, that come in through the program. And then, you know, we get to learn so much about these people as we um, so, you know, select the recipients, and there's different judging panels. But then, as we prepare the information packages, uh, when we announce the winners, so that's that's really exciting, and and something we're working on right now. And the second initiative I'll mention is it's still in it's still in development, but we refer to to this as Forest Forward or the Future of Forestry. It's, it's conceptual at this stage, but it's really about imagine, imagining forestry. Uh, for the future and what that would look like. Um, I'm I'm really just supporting it. I'm lucky to have some really smart colleagues at FPAC and uh, and outside FPAC that are helping to build the foundation. Uh, But we hope to to gain input and uh, engage with diverse perspectives on it in, in the coming year. But it's really around you know, the forests and the forest-dependent communities understanding the effects of climate change, uh, knowing that there is a growing demand for forest products. Um, There's lots of great opportunities as far as forestry being an economic driver for a net zero future, for for renewable, sustainable products, but also supporting healthy and resilient forests and a, a vibrant forest sector into the future so it's really exciting it's forward looking um and something um hopefully we you know we get to share with uh with the public in the future as we build it
1: yeah it sounds uh very exciting um and obviously uh despite the fact that forestry is basically leading the way in terms of sustainability there's still a lot of misconception about the industry right now in Canada uh in terms of its sustainability and its importance in fighting climate change uh, but in the past five to 10 years, how much progress would you say the industry has made in changing that perception?
0: It's a really, it's a really good question because I think sometimes um, for myself and, and those that are, are in the weeds and, and in the sector all the time, it feels like um, it's, it's an uphill battle to, to change perception. Um, but I, but we are fort- fortunate at FPAC. We've done some polling. Um, so you know, working with um a polling uh, organization that does um surveys to the general public, and we've been able to do those um every couple of years. And so we do we get some really good metrics on you know how the public perceives forestry. And I would say in recent years, um, this this last year, we've just got polling information in we have noticed a slight increase in the positive opinions within the public towards forestry. And it's, it's roughly, there's a ratio about three to one. So for every three people that have a positive opinion or perception of the forest industry, one, one person has a negative perception. And so that's interesting. It's good for us to have those metrics to see, you know, are we trending in the right direction over time? Um, but one of the, the interesting findings is that just over half of the public doesn't know enough about forestry to have an opinion. And so I, th- I think that's really the area of opportunity for us is to connect with Canadians um, and talk about the positive role the sector can play both in fighting climate change, you know, the strong environmental record we have and the revenue that's generated for a lot of rural Canadians and, and their livelihoods and the positive role that we can play in, in supporting communities. So we've got work ahead of us in store, but I, I would say, you know, based on the metrics we're starting to collect, there is there is a, a positive trend in the right direction of people um, having a positive uh, opinion of forestry, particularly, you know, as, Canadians and millennials you know want to identify with sustainable development and sectors that that are renewable that are sustainable and forestry is is an excellent sector to be in Canada and to be here into the future.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's uh, great to hear that we're making progress in that regard. Um, Could you talk about some of the campaigns that FPAC and the industry as a whole have undertaken in recent years to help uh, change the perception and create more awareness about the
0: benefits of our industry? For sure. Yeah, at at FPAC, we've recently our own campaigns have been more targeted um, to to government decision makers and and you know, as we go into elections and things like that, making sure all parties understand the positive role of forestry. But I will note some excellent campaigns that are more focused on the public. Um, So in Quebec, they launched a campaign called a Forest of Possibilities, or une forêt de possibilités, in Ontario, they launched a campaign called It Takes a Forest. Um, and if you're driving around rural Ontario, you can often see signs um, kind of, you know, along roadsides uh, talking about the, the benefits of sustainably managed forests. And then I think most recently was Alberta launched a campaign called Love Alberta Forest. And um, I've had a lot of really, really effective and simple um you know, signs and communication tools that seem to just seem to resonate with the general public there. So uh lots of great campaigns happening. Um and one more that I will mention is it's it's outside of Canada actually, but it's just something to look at as as being quite successful. This is the Sweden forest industry partnered with with government and, and external partners. And uh, produced a, a campaign around forestry, and it was just excellent as far as helping to connect uh, people with the products that they love, and the sustainability of the, the forest resource in Sweden. So it's it's a model that we've looked at as, as something perhaps to aspire to um, as we move forward and and help um, help build awareness about f- sustainable forestry in Canada.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds excellent. And obviously working with government moving forward, that's going to be very important. Um, and in terms of advancing the industry's position on environmental issues and legislation, I know FPAC has been doing some work, um, working with government. So how important is it that the forest industry is involved in uh,
0: the development of government policies and things like that? It's 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 very important. I admit that, it, that I have some bias here. It's a big part of my role at FPAC. Um, but I do believe it's it's increasingly important. Um, forestry practices in Canada have evolved quite significantly, in the, particularly in the last 20 years. And so often you find that the perception within government is not necessarily um, in line with current practices. So we, we do need to spend a fair bit of time um, providing and documenting the evidence that that has gone into forest forest management practices, policy development, regulations, best management practices, uh, and and these types of tools. So government decision-makers, if they're not aware of those advancements and the realities of why practices have evolved, we run the risk of a regulatory duplication between levels of government. Uh, We run the risk of having policy that is, frankly, not useful for the intended objectives. Uh, And then generally, this starts to build a lack of trust in a regulatory process, which which is important in Canada to have trust in the regulatory process and for Canadians to have trust in the regulatory process. Um, We want to ensure that companies know what they need to do, but also that government is aware of what's being done. Um, and And ultimately, we want forest companies in Canada, because they're excellent environmental stewards, to continue to invest in Canada and to continue to support the many communities, small businesses, um, and all, all the spin-off um, operations and businesses where they operate across Canada. It's just such a big part of rural Canada, uh, but as well as as urban Canada, uh, forest products and 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 the companies that support them and make them are are in over six hundred communities across canada so it's it's a big part of our economy and and a big part of the social fabric in in many communities
1: yeah, definitely um I think in urban areas there's kind of a disconnect between the fact that forest the forest industry, which is so often in rural communities, does have a role to play in those urban
0: communities. But for sure. And just one more point, Ellen, if you don't mind. Um, I think it's also really important right now because of the the pandemic and COVID. Uh, so it's just, you know, a, a real focus for us at FPAC is ensuring federal government is aware of the robust provincial regulatory framework in place for forestry. The really the amazing role that the forest industry has has done in providing support during COVID. Um, you know, a lot of the sustainable, sustainability metrics uh, that that we already collect, the contribution that the sector makes towards research, species recovery, biodiversity conservation, climate mitigation, uh, you know, clean water, recreation opportunities, you know, all of these things are taking place right now, and it's really in hopes of maintaining a vibrant sector in Canada. And, and when we talk about being globally competitive, um, you know, Canada is a great place to source sustainable, renewable uh, forest products, and so we want to make sure that that's that's available into the future. And it's it's a great um, opportunity for Canada to uh, to continue in 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 having those investments made in Canada and, and be part of the the economic stimulus and and recovery into the future.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, forestry is definitely going to have a very big role to play as we uh, recover from COVID economically. So uh, overall, would you say that the government is now properly acknowledging the role that forestry has in the fight against climate change and uh, working to help us advance forest products as a uh, green building and heating materials?
0: I do think in some areas, um, we've seen great support from governments and acknowledgement, in particular, tall wood Tall wood buildings, um, you know, at different levels of government municipal, provincial, and, and national as well. I do think we have some work to do collectively among academics, researchers, governments, industry it, to recognize forestry's contribution to climate mitigation, adaptation, the substitution benefits of forest products. Uh, it's just, it's, it, it feels like there's still room for us to. Uh, to build that awareness uh, for example using residue and in, in wood residue uh, in place of fossil fuels the opportunity for biomaterials to be used in place of single-use plastics and and alternative building materials such as concrete so there's still a lot of opportunity i think for 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 more acknowledgement among decision makers understanding that there's work that we can do to help that. There's there's a number of different life cycle assessment, LCA tools out there, but there's still work that needs to be done to standardize them. There's still work that needs to be done to quantify um, and, and implement the carbon storage capacity of well-managed forests. And that includes the carbon stores in wetlands and peatland complexes, things that forest management companies work to maintain on the landscape. Um, we're working right now with the government um, on the clean fuel standard, um, which will ensure that that wood residue and wood biomass can be included. Uh, and it'll be a, a big help in 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 helping in um, spur investment in the low carbon economy and the role that the forest sector can play in that. So there's lots of lots of work going on in this space. Um, So I I think there's some areas where where government acknowledges that they they can't have climate action without the forest sector and and without forest management. Um, But it's just starting to advance some of the evidence and work behind that to to help inform decisions moving forward. Mm
1: Yeah, and I know, uh, because I also work on the magazine Canadian Biomass, I know that um, wood residues, there's a lot of misconceptions about whether or not that's actually sustainable and uh, climate-friendly. So that's um, some work that we need to do there, working with government. For sure, yeah. So National Forest Week is coming up. Um, Could you just talk a bit about its importance and the goal behind it?
0: For sure, yeah. It's... it's, um... It is really interesting, actually, even just, you know, National Forest Week is next week and we tend to put together a program of activity um, just to be a bit of an anchor for the year on an opportunity to speak to the public about sustainable forest management, which is great. But I just recently looked into more of the history about National Forest Week. So I believe it was uh, created uh, 100 years ago. Um, So that's interesting to have kind of a hundred-year history there. Uh, Historically, it was more focused on forest fire prevention. Um, It was the thought at the time that, you know, the public and governments and industry wanted to ensure that there was a a sustainable supply of forest forest fiber into the future. And, And then in 1967, it was renamed to become National Forest Week, so less uh, less emphasis on fire prevention and more just on a broader recognition of the forest and the forest resource. Um, so so that's interesting history. Um, I do think it is interesting though, and a little bit of full circle is we are, like, like when I mentioned about the Forest Forward initiative, we are starting to talk about the the impacts of climate change that we're feeling. So, although wildland fire and forest pests are a natural part of a dynamic forest renewal in Canada, we we are, you know, we are aware that those uh, climate change-induced wildfire and pests and drought are going to be are happening now, and they're going to be the biggest risk to our forests uh, and the forest communities in, into the future. So, it is an opportunity to kind of bring back a focus around forest health and forest resilience moving forward. Um, but I think it's great that um, Canadian Institute of forest, Forestry, uh, provincial governments, Canadian Forest Service, you know, FPAC and other um, forest sector partners do take the opportunity during for National Forest Week to talk about the forest resource. Um, what we're doing this year is actually tying our awards of excellence um, uh, to, to next week. So it's going to be our opportunity to start to launch uh, the winners and, and the stories behind those winners um, next week. So, really looking forward to that. Um, but, we, yeah, we, it's a great opportunity to celebrate forests and forestry in Canada. And, um, yeah, we're lucky to have a National Forest Week and, and the participation we do get in this annual celebration.
1: Yeah, for sure. And you make a good point about uh, coming full circle with climate change and the importance of forest management uh, with the prevalence of wildfires, especially right now, as the west coast of the US is essentially on fire. So, definitely important that we continue to raise awareness about that. And National Forest Week, I think, plays a big role.
0: Exactly. And there's a lot of linkages that can be made to just what we were talking about. So, having an understanding of the role in fireproofing communities, and then using that fire resource, or sorry, that that wood resource, to to use it in products that can store carbon, for instance, tall wood buildings. So yeah, it's very interesting the the conversation that's happening in California right now, and and the applicability in areas of Canada that um, that have historically had you know short fire rotations. Um, but, how I think communities are starting to be the champions of of fire smart and how the forest sector and forest industry can be partners in um in managing those forests in a way that builds resilience and also keeps communities safe.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah, that's especially important so overall, do you think that the industry is succeeding in changing public misperception about the industry's sustainability and its ability to fight climate change?
0: I, uh, I, do, I do think so, although we, we, as mentioned before, we still have a lot of work to do. Um, I guess my own lessons learned over, over the course of about 20 years in the forest sector, but, but more recently at time with FPAC is I'm learning that bringing awareness to the public, to customers, to investors, to government decision makers and communities about the sustainability and benefits of using forest products. It needs to be a sustained and evolving uh, conversation. Uh, there are some challenges before us. There's a growing urban population that likely did not grow up with a direct connection to a forestry mill or operation. So we need to connect them to the forest products that they love, You know, the, compost- the compostable packaging and the recyclable materials. Uh, that appeal to, to their green conscience. Um, we need to continually differentiate how forestry is done in Canada to some of the past misconceptions. You know, we're we're a relatively young forestry nation, um, maybe compared to some of the Scandinavian and European uh, forestry companies where the public has started to. You know, see, you know that they're on third and fourth generation forests, and that so these forests are harvested, they're regenerated, and then they grow back and and provide, you know, the basis for so many products. Uh, I think it it's going to be a little bit of time for the Canadian public to to understand that. You know, we're 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 doing our best to to help share that message, and like we talked about a number of the forestry campaigns. Um, that are active in Canada are helping um, but it is I think we've got a bit of an uphill battle sometimes in the in the changing demographics, but it it's also about how we break down the messages how we how we speak to the public, how we find something that resonates so uh, it's it's a challenge, but it's a challenge we we look forward to to addressing.
1: So is there anything else that you think the industry needs to do to continue to fight these misperceptions, um, kind of besides what
0: you've already been discussing? I, I do. I, from my perspective, there is a bit of a culture shift that needs to happen. Uh, what I've, what I've observed in the forest industry is there is a bit of a culture of, of kind of head down, do your work and, um, and 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 try not to promote too much what what you're doing, and I think unfortunately we we tend to to get a lot of attacks. There's there's a lot of misconceptions out there, and and so what I would like to see, and it's something that you know we'll obviously do at FPAC and at you know, different organizations across the country, but is to really you know, have pride in what we do, you know, forest, forestry in Canada has an excellent record of improvement on so many fronts around environmental, public involvement, uh, Indigenous engagement. There, We have the most hectares certified uh, to third party forest, certifica- forest certification standards, sorry, more than any other country in the world. We have strong uh, laws in Canada that govern land use, and the public participation process in building a forest management plan, and the timeframes by which we plan—you know, 150 years, 200 years into the future—it's um, just really something that we should take pride in, and and you know, so I, it's it's kind of my own call to action to a lot of us that that work in the industry that um live in communities where forestry is a big part of the, the community and, and social fabric is is to to not be on the defensive to be to to carry uh ourselves with uh with high regard always knowing that there's room for continual improvement going forward um but it is something that we should we should be very proactive about we should be very proud of and um yeah it's my hope that that we can continue to to change uh, misconceptions out there and and have more people in Canada know the forest industry know the forest sector and uh, and have a connection to it or to the products that that we produce so that's my hope.
1: Yeah absolutely it's definitely uh, important that we have pride in what we do and we you uh, know Share the love for the industry with other people.
0: Yeah, I think it's a great. We have a great story as far as you know. So many, so many. I guess challenges globally around climate change, um, around biodiversity, around inclusiveness, and the forest sector is really um, well prepared to to be a solutions provider in so many of those, um, you know, you know, targets for Canada and and globally as well. So yeah look forward to to sharing more and um, yeah, and just the collective work in in helping to build this the positive narrative and and share that with the public.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah, that sounds great. so thanks for taking the time to share all those insights. Uh, I'm looking forward myself to seeing how the industry evolves and seeing forestry lead the way to a more sustainable future.
0: Great. Well, thanks so much for your time, Ellen. And and it was a pleasure speaking with you today.
1: Yeah, thanks so much. And thanks, everyone, for tuning into this episode of the CFI podcast. Stay tuned for our next episode.